tonight on Sidetracked, Big Words is missing. We get Jackie on diesel trucks. Walker talks pulling history and eggs Armstead into yet another rant. Stay tuned. Radio Plaza at Life Media Studios, sidetracked with Armstead and Poosh. Brought to you by the Second Baptist Barn Grill, your exorcism specialist. And we're back for another episode of Sidetrack. There's Meyer firing off. Booms, you got yours. You might as well fire it off. Walker. Sorry, I already... Pop the lid. It's water anyway. Yeah, he's drinking white water. <laughs> <laughs> so another episode of Sidetrack coming to you here tonight. Man, we do have a little bit on the books tonight. But one thing we got to do right off the get, and let's see if we can get him to answer the phone. We've got a special birthday wish. I'm not going to sing, but... We'll see if he's able to take a call or not tonight. Waiting on technology to work. There we go. This is Jason. Hello, Jason. This is Sidetracked on Pulling Radio Network calling to say happy birthday, buddy. You are on air with us. <laughs> well, thanks, Drew. That's very <laughs> nice of you. Is Nick there? I am. Is yes. he behaving tonight? What was that? Is he behaving? No. Are you behaving? No. How many Budweiser's is into this show, fellas? Um, we did a red line show and uh, we're only about, well, I had. We've only got eight on got the table. On the table, yeah. I'm sure there's some sitting off in the background when we did our pre show work. You know, that goes. I mean, well, you yep. got to see it yep. firsthand. Yep. <laughs> got to tune it up. Got to tune it up. Right? So, so uh, 4.1 this year for you or what? 4.1, yeah. It's kind of like, you know, people have their golden birthday. This is kind of like my polar birthday. That's how I, <laughs> one of my buddies texted me right away this morning. But I thought that was funny. <laughs> so what's the big Everybody, plans uh, going on in Richland Center for your birthday? Uh, I'm going to go find Mr. Gaffney here uh, after 8 o'clock our time, and we're going to probably consume some adult beverages. Say it so. ain't so. Are you yep. are you going to go Bowling Green style, or are you going to tone it back? Nope, no, 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 no. i got to work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess we did have to work out there too, Drew, but not as uh, not as not as vital. You know what I mean? Not as vital. Yeah, well, next year we're not going to do that in Bowling Green. That was a little much. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, we're going like to do it again. Right? You know what I mean? I don't know. So. I've never made it out there because probably my liver would give out about day three. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it'd give out halfway there on the plane. Yep. Probably. So. uh Let's talk uh, 
Beer Money Pulling Team, what's going on with uh, Let's Grow Pulling? Saw a name change on Facebook. What's going on with that? So we're going to just kind of merge in the pages, um, and we're going to um, – you can merge a page that are similar, and uh, because where our traffic is is at the Beer Money Pulling Team Facebook page. And I thought, you know what, why – and pretty much all of our fans are following both pages. It's just it's easier communication to just um, keep everybody on the same page. And uh, we're going to – you know, we tried our first live show Monday night through the PC on Facebook and obviously, you know, had really good numbers, and it was fun. I've been wanting to do Facebook Live stuff, but, like, you know, we can't call people and do the videos and the pictures, but we figured out how to do that with some of the – we found some programs. So pretty excited about that. So that's where the show is going to be from now on. And then Nick – told me how to get the podcast going i just haven't done it yet uh you know swipe the swipe the audio from it so yeah just been uh just been busy but excited about it it was fun to have jeff hodem on and then we're starting right now every week is just going to be gordyville 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 so i know i can't wait it is coming up on us so what's on the agenda for let's grow pulling uh next week well next week i'm going to be in punta cana dominican republic for drunken debauchery so um, we're not going to have a show Monday night because uh, Ryan's in San Diego as well. So both of us are on vacation. I saw uh, Ryan was out of town. We're going to have what's that, bud? I saw Ryan was out of town. I was wondering yep. how we got vacation we're time. Off. <laughs> we're taking off Saturday. He wondered how we got vacation because he's so high paid. I so. know. I mean, gosh, if I had that type of budget, I mean. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So no, I'm going to have Colin Ross on. Um, when I get back and have Clint on, we're going to try to highlight a couple of classes each night with Clint to talk about everything, uh, to make sure everybody gets good exposure the best we can to get it all out there. So Clint announced um, he's bringing in eight diesel trucks to Gordyville on Saturday, and he, he talked about the pro stock with the $20,000 purse and then the teams and stuff like that. So a lot of good things going on with Gordyville. I saw uh, Fultz's, it's the Kentucky Invitational, that's same weekend as Gordy's, all right? Yeah, Lexington hit the same weekend this year, so uh, Pulling Radio yep. Network's going to be a split crew. I think Meyer's working on coming down. I don't know. I, of course, will be there. I've got I'm obligations now. I have to be there. And I think we're going to try to get Posh to come out of his recluse hiding spot. And, uh, okay. And uh, we're going to try to bring our mobile rig and try to do at least some live recordings. We know how the internet gets out there in Gifford, Illinois, it's less than desirable. Eric and I, we had to go in the morning last year before before the arena got too full of people. Yep. Uh, and we had we had good luck with that. Um, so, but once yeah, once it gets in there, the cell you know how you get all those people in that metal shed, uh, the the cell phones, it's not good anymore. You know, but yeah, you're right away in the morning, you're good to go. So, yeah, I know we got lots of plans, and I know I'm looking forward to uh, getting down there. Uh, be the first event for the year for me where I get to put my voice to microphone and I know I'm already I'm two weeks out from being on a mic and boy am I missing it big time <laughs> what do you guys have going on last weekend was there an antique poll or something or like a indoor poll I yeah. saw something on your Facebook page yeah uh, was was a lat no two weeks ago now uh, okay. Mason Michigan we had a poll uh, for the national antique tractor pullers their second stop on the indoor circuit second stop for the east side of the tour they run both east and west of the mississippi last weekend they were down in uh springfield missouri pulling for uh round three and first round for the west so a lot of action coming out their next stop will be in wasiana ohio coming up uh thanksgiving weekend along with 
Maumee Valley tractor pullers right there oh, just right. north of Bowling Green. So uh, looking forward to uh, getting down there. I'm actually had a change of plans, so I'll be down spectating at that pole. Always a great event. Kind of a bummer with that one. It is a single track as compared to a lot of the others where they run two tracks. But they split sure. it up, and then they on uh, on Sunday they run garden tractors and that. And probably the coolest part of Wasion is they actually have homemade packers they made. They pull behind compact tractors, but they utilize uh, golf cart wheels, just like a big wobble wheel. And I think they're weighing in at three thousand pounds, so you don't do a too bad of a job working the track, packing the track back in. Nice, nice. I got a good text message from Dion last night from Red Haw. He's getting ready to put up his, uh, basically his online pulling gear store. He's going to start out with silver bullet stuff, and then um, if he's going to he's going to allow pullers basically to sell their t-shirts through his website and do consignment. And that's honestly what what we need as pullers to sell more t-shirts. Not just the beer money pulling team, but everybody, um, because he set up to do all that. You know, what I mean that's his business. Yep. And I'm really excited because I've been talking to him on and off now for a good year about it. And um, he sent me a bunch of text messages last night and, you know, asked if we'd be on board to support it. I said, absolutely. And he's, I think he's going to launch it in a couple days, guys. So yeah. People, we, right for the holidays. And we you know, have he's been, with Silver Bullet stuff, which is a great, you know, the Lustig family and Jordan and Misty, you know, they watch our, our Monday night show and they always kind of go back and forth with us. And we've had Jordan on the show before, but just a great polling family. But I'm excited about it because I get requests all the time to get the beer money pulling team shirts out there. But shirts are difficult, guys. You know what I mean? Because you, you sit on a bunch of inventory, you don't have the right sizes and the shipping and the ordering. And uh, Dion's going to take care of all that for all the pullers. So I'm really excited about um, him doing that because that's another way to let's grow pulling. Because I think Miles even did a thing about he went to a poll somewhere and he saw like shirts from like 18 different teams or something once. And, you know, hey, what's, what is that on your shirt? You know, hey. Anything, you know, get you talking, Drew, about tractor pulling, you'll do it. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and I'm just excited. I'm really excited about that. Uh, it was a great text message last night uh, to get from him. And uh, going to promote that the best we can to help him out. And, uh, yeah, so I'm super excited. So, yeah, I know we talked with uh, Dave Foltz. He came back with Behind the Holler for, like, the 15th time for this year. Yeah. But, he, <laughs> you know what, I do got to give him a hard time with that. But, you know what, I know he's going to be a dad here within the next month to six weeks i do believe uh him and robin are going to be parents for the first time but he uh was the first one to mention that dion is uh bringing out the puller deluxe store for back lack of a better term the one-stop shopping and i know i'm excited for it i mean my goal is to always have a different pulling shirt to wear each day of the week and you can ask the guys sit in studio with us right now it's pretty close. I do not have a remedy shirt yet, so I got to take care of that down in Gordyville. But uh, we, can get, we can get that done. We, we you know a guy. Done, so. I know a guy. <laughs> so with that, sir, we're gonna let you back to your evening so we can get rolling with sidetracked. Happy birthday, buddy, and we will talk with you soon. Thanks, bud. Take care. See you, Nick. Happy birthday, Jason. Yeah. Oh, always a good time talking with that goofball. You know what though. For a beer money pulling team, he can't hang drinking with us Michigan boys. Oh, no. <laughs> well, it's because they all drink water. Yeah, powered by Bud Light. I mean, just... All Bud Light. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, start off the show news. We really don't have much. Once again, we do have to do a correction as to what we talked about. I think it was last week when we talked about, or it might have been two weeks ago, when we 
talked about the poll coming up in Wauseon, Ohio for the NATPA. Um, I had my days wrong on what is running what days. They used to run the garden tractors on Friday. Saturday, Sunday were the track you know, NATPA classes and the MVP classes. Not this year. Sunday is going to be garden tractors, and the antiques are going to be starting Friday, so, Friday morning. So that is the correction. I apologize for that. I should have read my schedule versus assuming. But alcohol is always involved, so we'll just write it off as that. As far as other news in the sport, not much coming around. Kind of hitting a quiet time uh, as everybody's packing away the vehicles. Even after breakage, you're really not going to look at much. Um, I know some pullers are investing more into Lucas Stop Slip. Um, <laughs> we'll get into that later, huh? but... Um, Next thing on the docket is obituaries, and we really don't have anything this week for that, thank goodness. But as always, you got an obituary you want to cover, AP at SidetrackPulling.com. Sidetracked on Facebook. Shoot us a message, let us know, give us a little bit of information, and we'll go from there. Nick, you're slipping. We forgot the news music. I'm sorry. Uh, you got to play it, though, at least. Don't you <laughs> I, like that music? Isn't it great? Yeah, it's... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's all soothing. <laughs> That's the best thing ever, but... I know Carl's going to yell because I didn't go breaking news, but we don't have anything because, well, nobody talks or listens to this show anyways. Can we play Carl's Drop since you brought him up? I love that. Yeah, one. yeah. Oh, yeah, we can play Carl's Drop. We got another drop we got to play anyways. Carl, that kills people! <laughs> and then since he's I not see. here is this true yes it's true this man has no dick oh and just because i haven't used it in a while and you know i want you to all feel special i have one for all of you i'm surrounded by idiots <laughs> <laughs> yep. a truer statement has never been made <laughs> So next up on the agenda is we're going to try to keep it to a shorter episode. We know it never works, but it's a good <coughs> forethought to go into. Actually, Nick, hit the news button. We do have breaking news. This just in. For those of you who have not gotten a personal invite, this weekend, Saturday night, Pink Elephant in Smith's Creek. We are going to have a drinking excursion where we talk pulling, drink beer, play euchre, and curse a lot. So those of you who want to come out and join us, feel free. I know I did set up a private Facebook event to make sure some people were actually going to show up. But nope, open to the general public as always. The beer is cold. The food is non-existent. And well, it's always a good time out at the pink anyways. You're going to get your first time there. I like beer. It yep. makes me a jolly good fellow. I really like beer. Meyer, you, we've been there this week alone ourselves. Yep. <laughs> what else to do? But, you know, just a good whole while, beer in a shot type bar. Um, so if those of you want to come out, 7 p.m. Saturday night at 340 Henry Street in Smith's Creek, Michigan. Don't worry. If you blink, you will absolutely miss the town. But, uh... Just down the street from uh, where the American Legion post is that we pulled at. I know uh, Ryan's getting ready for some uh, drunken debauchery that night. I am excited. I guess we should introduce who we got in studio with us tonight. 
Wouldn't be a terrible idea. Of course, we got Meyer, as always, and uh, our perpetual guest, uh, our studio audience, but actually on microphone tonight, Mr. Evan Booms. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing just fine. Just remember, I'm always here. I'm just not always on mic. I know that. it's He's that creepy guy who stares, sits in the corner, but that's beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mr. 2.5 by 5.2 himself has made his debut on Sidetracked. Mr. Ryan Walker, how are you doing today? Good. Doing great. I uh, really appreciate the special chair that you guys had for me tonight. <laughs> that, was, that was great. Well, we wanted you to feel comfortable and at home. Yeah, that sure did. Just missing the high chair part of it. Well, we can arrange that, too. I was just going to bring a stack of phone books, but you realize how hard it is to find a phone book nowadays? Yeah, dictionaries are sometimes the way to go. <laughs> I can't read them anyway, so let's not go there. But uh, next up on the agenda, as always, will be birthdays. And uh, I think you guys went through your phones and not a nada. Nothing. Nothing, Nothing yep. for this week, so it'll come on to me. Of course, we record on Wednesdays. Mr. Jason Schultz turning 41, so we've already hit him. <coughs> yeah, I need more nicotine. If you couldn't tell, my, my habit's getting worse. Uh-oh. Almost empty. You're almost out of beer? Yep. So we'll keep this real short and sweet. Myers give me that look. You're lying to me, asshole, but you better do it. <laughs> Steve Boyd, uh, the Boyd pulling team, the green machine, turning 65 tomorrow, or today was Thursday, timey-wimey, whippity-wobbity, play it. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect, but actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, stuff <laughs> you can tell evan's listening to this show too much because he listens every damn drop we do perfectly that's the worst part is i've never even watched doctor who <laughs> ladies and gentlemen Dude, you're missing I out. give you your moron <laughs> you're missing out doctor who is i'm not a super geek but it is a really good show yeah, it is pretty good so also uh thursday birthdays michelle talaski puller with TTPA for many years here. Turned 23. Happy birthday to her. Hooker of the year one year, I think, too. Yeah, I do believe, what was it, two, three years ago? Yeah. She got Hooker of the year. <laughs> Ethan Berry, uh, Antique Buller, Minneapolis Moline Persuasion, Friday, turning 38. Happy birthday to him. Also, Friday, turning 40, a guy we've had on the show with us, Nick. Mr. Neighbor, Jay Sutherland, turning the big four over. I know, as long as he's not getting into the rye. Oh, you know he's going to get into the rye. Saturday, we have Taylor Kramer, the Kramer family, the Deutz Persuasion pulling team. Uh, happy birthday to him. Uh, Ryland Zolik, uh, talked about him with uh, Jason Schultz out in California right now, but a uh, member of the Let's Grow pulling team uh, podcast. Um, turning 26, happy birthday to him. Keep scrolling on through here. Tuesday, Mike Tomac, puller on the West Side of the State, 2.5 Duramax guy. Uh, turning 39, so happy birthday to him on opening day. I had to have pissed his dad off if his dad was a hunter. Uh, who else we got? Uh, Paul Kuntz, uh, mini tractor puller. No rider. <laughs> <laughs> what 
Why are we playing war in the background? Just to be honest here, let's... <laughs> well, to be honest, I, I was bringing up a web page uh, to troubleshoot a problem I'm having with our soundboard software, and it started playing Lowrider. Oh, okay. But uh, Paul Kuntz, uh, nut, uh, mini tractor puller for many years, uh, turning 40. Happy birthday to him. Excuse me, not mini. I goofed up. Two-engine mod, North Carolina. Also, uh, when next Wednesday, i got to give a shout-out to another listener right from the beginning of the show, former co-worker of mine. I know he still listens just about every show he can. Mr. Tony Swaffer. Man, Uncle Tony, you're getting old. 45, so happy birthday to him. As always, oh, do you see who we get? Oh, my. Next Thursday. Ooh. And he's going to be here for that show, I do believe. we got to make sure. Cross is getting older. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say next week? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, and he's Next already Thursday. and he's already gonna be here. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and we're even going to be live streaming it on YouTube. Yeah. So vodka and Red Bull. Oh dear lord. <laughs> no, because he's supposed to be screening calls for us, so we need him semi coherent. But uh, with that, of course, birthdays get a hold of us, AP at sidetrackpulling dot com, sidetracked on Facebook, and that'll do it for our first segment. We knocked that out pretty dang quick. I shaved 10 minutes. Well, we were running out of beer. Sorry. Walker's going through DTs right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which look like mini seizures, but... <laughs> yeah. I uh, mean, mini, mini seizures at his height, but... <laughs> <laughs> no comment. You're, you're allowed to call him an asshole and or hit him. It is perfectly acceptable on this oh, show. Not, trust me, at the banquet last week, I got pretty good jabs in. It, <laughs> <laughs> Don't get short with us. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hear everything. You just don't realize it. But with that, we're going to take a break. This is Sidetracked on Bowling Radio Network. Life Media Tech is your one-stop shop for multimedia, photography, videography, live event productions, and web systems and infrastructure design and maintenance. Life Media can handle it all. Drew and I trust Life Media to use years of experience to bring Sidetrack to you each and every week. Isn't it a time that you did the same? Serving Metro Detroit and the Blue Water area, contact Life Media directly at 810-689-4151. That's Life Media, 810-689-4151. Welcome back to Sidetracked on Pulling Radio Network as we get into pulling history of family. But at first, we're going to start off with a little bit of a techie bit. We haven't done this in a long time. And kind of the basis of starting off our show was to get into that techie bit, to be over people's heads and make Meyer go, really, guys? And you call me a geek? I know you've got the drop. I'm whatever. I mean, you got to find it. Which drop? I'm sorry. I, I thought can't. you had a drop for, you know, you just go always saying you call us geeks. That's Yeah. We should just record that one night so that way you just. I can just hit a button yeah. instead of wasting my breath every yeah. five yeah. minutes. So, uh, question I kind of posed, and I'm not too familiar with diesel trucks, and uh, I've tried doing a little bit of calling around, but of course I get sidetracked and get BSing with everybody. I know I've called you, Mr. Walker, on it before, but... Uh, you actually caught me in Arkansas at the time. Yeah, yeah, I did. You were almost... Right to, before uh, right my delivery. Delivery, yep. yep. 
Before you got to go to Heston, Kansas. Yes, that was a trip for sure. <laughs> oh my God, that poor truck of yours. Yeah, forty-two thousand miles since May. Actually, I always for some reason I thought it was March, but I bought the trailer in March. Truck was bought in May. Oh boy, that that truck's getting the shit beat out of it. But you know what? That's what they're designed to do: is go to work and uh, appreciate your sponsorship and help. With the pole out in Smith's Creek, I know you came out on short notice and helped us haul some block out there, so we could do that, and I appreciate it. And Always an enjoyable pull. I I like coming out for sure. I cannot wait next year. The hack job will be there. Well, like we said before, Lucas Stop Slip will help you out. Yeah, not, <laughs> it, we might have to try the Booms Trans tune again here sometime. <laughs> oh boy, you want to know the backstory on that? That's actually yeah. kind of funny. Yeah, let's hear it. So in typical Brian and Evan fashion, we're doing all this shit last, last minute, like day before, day of type shit. I think it was four hours before Elkton. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we're just getting his truck together. Was that when we put the S400 on it? Yeah, up at Nick's. Yeah, so we're just throwing this thing together, leaving bolts out left and right, weight reduction type stuff. <laughs> and uh, There was 10 guys working on the truck. So we thought we had a third gear start tune for the TCM. And we, we tried loading it, it just wouldn't take um, for whatever reason. I think we ended up finding out it was for the wrong year truck. And I told Ryan, I said, you know, if you just unplug the main harness from the trains, it'll hydraulically limp into third gear and just no lock up on the converter. He's like, well, that don't sound too bad. Let me try it. Unhooks that bitch in the parking lot, puts her in four low, boosts her up, takes off. He says, yeah, that'll do. Load her up, load her up. <laughs> well, matter of fact, we got the trans done the day before, got it in there, and then we had a, what was it, trim e-valve or yeah, something like that? Yeah, a sticky spool valve, you know, we did it on dirt floor, you know, type that stuff. Yeah, just, you know, last minute notice, like he said, typical fashion for me. But uh, he come over, had the valve body pulled out of the truck about four hours prior to Elkton, and uh, soon enough, we made her down the track that day so i appreciate uh you coming down and helping me out oh it's always a good story the best part was at elkton when evan comes up to charles and i we're standing there with the microphones this he, was a year before so oh, elkton is the second that would be the second, second year right i've second had tra- the same issue trans issues two years in a row at elkton <laughs> but evan comes up to us he goes i'm writing a letter to lucas and we're going why why he goes that stop slip doesn't work for shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, well, I didn't. I still didn't take last in the two five class. No, so. no, you didn't. Sorry, no. Artie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a guy who's got more money than brains, and I will throw art under that bus because that guy has dumped stupid money into that truck this past year, and just nothing. Um, I feel so bad because that truck could be dangerous if he. Oh, couldn't. absolutely. You just got to get it to hold together. That's the big thing. And you know what? Art's tenacious enough. It will happen. And uh, whatever. You know, he, he's he got the drive behind him. Well, he, he's just got to pick it and stick to it. Yes. Because every other month, he's he's either buying new stuff for it or selling the whole thing as, a, you know, parting it out. You know, he don't know what he's doing. If he just picks, sticking to it. And, and putting the time and effort into it, he'll have something there. And that's the biggest problem for him is pulling season is so short in Michigan. He's got three months to try to make sure the thing's still up and running. And I know you know firsthand how hard that is. Oh, yeah. And the biggest problem for him is it hasn't stayed together long enough 
for him to get out there and actually be able to try to tune the truck to what he's trying to do. And don't get me wrong, I love Art Rule to death. The guy, I got to applaud his effort with what he does with it. But, dude, buddy, you just got to, like Evan said, stick to something, try to make a setup work because you're just throwing money away needlessly. And unfortunately, it's not cheap parts that he's throwing around. It'll be enjoyable to see him come out for a full season if he really does. That'll be it'll be a tough truck. It'll be good to see. Oh, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. So, but my question leading into this tech segment is, you know, tractors what I'm familiar with and even into the gas truck world. There's no replacement for displacement. You bore and stroke a motor as much as you can as per the rules allow and try, you know, Try to get that rotating mass to flywheel effect to help carry you down the track. And the more, the bigger the bore, the more stroke, the more fuel and air you're going to be able to utilize, and more horsepower and torque that's going to come out of it. Now, the thing with the diesel trucks, the only motors we're seeing a lot of really punching out or stroking has been the Cummins block. And yes, there's a lot of longevity there with that motor and components are a little more readily available especially once dodge debuted the 6.7 liter which is just different crank a little different bore so that gives them some options you know you can take stock bore throw a 6.7 crank in it and what do you get a 6.4 if I'm memory no a 5.9 bore and a 6.7 cranks right at uh, 6.1 and change okay it's it's only i don't even think it's an eighth inch more stroke it's only a tad bit more stroke. The oh, big it's thing, really not much then. The the bore is a lot bigger on the six seven. The the five nine's got a four oh twenty bore and the six seven's a four two ten. So you're you're looking oh, at wow, two hundred thousands yeah. almost more bore. <coughs> you know, we've seen some guys that'll come out with the six point four Cummins, so to speak. I know Derek Rose was running that in blue balls for you know, quite some time going to that six four which I think, yeah, is a 5.9 crank with a 6.7 bores and would give you that. And and I think, Derek, when the fleece people do it, there's two a couple different ways you can do it. You can put a 5.9 crank in a 6.7 block. You can take a 6.7 block with a 6.7 crank, take it down to a 4.125 bore, and then you have it. And then you got a sleeved, wet sleeve block that'll, you know, hold 2,000 horsepower. you got darting sleeves in it that are never going to go out, and you got yourself a bulletproof setup. But my question posed is, you know, the Power Stroke guys, 6 liters, 6.4, six, 6.7. Six, Unfortunately for them, yeah, they're kind of screwed over just because, unlike the Duramax, which 6.6 six displacement across the board, whether it's an LB7 or an LML, you know, run through the alphabet, parts are interchangeable. So, yeah, the Ford guys are at a little disadvantage. But the, the 7.3 motor that was run for so many years... You see big bore, big stroke kits made for them. And unfortunately, we know the 7.3, unless you want to get wild with it, just isn't going to build the horsepower you really are looking for cost effectively in a 2.5 diesel truck class. Now, my question is, why are we not looking at the 6.0, 6.4, or the 6.6 Duramax guys punching or stroking these motors out to try to get a little more bottle bend or a little more horsepower out of them? And, uh, Evan, you said you got a hold of me. Go, listen, I've got the answer for you. Let's hear it. Well, a big thing here is you've got to step, a, take a step back and look at 
where a tractor motor makes its power and where it uses its power and where a truck does, a tractor is just a low RPM. It's a lugging son of a bitch. And you take a diesel truck, it's meant to run 2,000 RPM down the highway. Well, the other thing is, if you look at a super farm, right, a, a big black deer making like 1,300 horse, 3,000 foot pounds, it doesn't make that at 4,000 RPMs. It doesn't make that at 3,000 RPMs. It makes it like 2,500 or maybe 2,250. It just gets right down and grunts. You got a 24-5-32 tire to hold that motor back. If you come right out and you bust that clutch loose, that tractor is just going to start slipping that clutch, and you're not going to be able to knock the tires off, right? You don't have that ability. So that's why you can make this big low-end torque. If you make big low-end torque with a truck, you just bust the tires loose. It's useless. So you got to have, it's an RPM game for us. You got to keep it up top and use that and kind of work your way out of the hole. And you've seen it for a long time with the two five guys. You always, you and Charles a lot. Oh, they just come out and bust the tires. Loose. They, they don't know how to drive. And the, the truth of the matter is it's very hard to not do that. We don't purposely go out there and try to do it. It's just a, a side product of what we're ending up doing. You know, if you look at like the mid sixties, uh, fuel cars, right? They just burn the tires off for eighth mile and then pick it up on the big end. It worked for them at the time, and that's what we got to work with is something that we have no control over. We can't put a giant tire and hold the motor back and make it hook up like that. So, and I've I've spoke with a couple people that have, um, this year they ran it in 3.0 smoothbore limited pro stock. It was a, a 6.7 block with a factory 4.200 bore. Uh, it had sleeves in it, so it wasn't the 4.210 in a 5200 crank so that's almost 300 thousandths longer than the factory four and seven eighths crank that's in a six seven cummins and he said man on the dyno it was awesome he said it made great torque numbers make him down low he says i sacrificed a little up top but you know all around it's a great package but unfortunately we don't race dyno numbers we don't pull against dyno numbers. We got to make it happen. Dyno on the track. sheets don't pull a sled. Absolutely, we've talked about that many times. So setup, setup's pretty key too. But where he was having is the problem is he would get it wrapped up and get down the going down the track and start to lug down, and it, it would just hang there, and eventually he'd just bust the tires just at the big end, and he couldn't keep a hold of it. So that that torque was not to his advantage it actually was hurting him he's getting rid of that motor this year he's going back to a, a stock-ish stroke crank that makes sense and i mean i understand the tire size but i mean you know we've seen guys that are you know what most guys run eight ten inch nine inch wide tires on their truck let's look at a 12 let's try to load that chassis down a little bit more well when we have tire limitations we can't go bigger we're, we're well, yeah, I understand. You're still right? at a... Okay, you are at a 1250 max yes. width. 30, yep, 35, 1250s. But when you run, what, you run what, 850, 950s? No, Ryan's uh, got... He's just shor- a shorter tire. 33. You're on the 33s. Yes, yeah. yep. Which I still think there's a good argument on... I, me and Evan, we've fought a lot on the 33 to 35 opinion. It's not an opinion, man. It's a fact. <laughs> you need to go to 35s. It, I bet you Fink will be listening. 
well, I, I, and I understand the difference. I mean, yeah, Allison guys, yeah, you guys really can't pedal it out that much, you know, not like you can see with somebody with a manual. And my biggest thing is, you know, we're starting to see some pullers starting to utilize a slipper clutch in the 2.5 class, which fine. I actually like it. A slipper clutch is going to be SFI rated a little better than, you know, an SFI factory style clutch. You're going to get a better hookup and it's drivable that way. The Cummins guys absolutely need that. You know, Cummins is a hard power plant to work out of the hole. But the Ford guys, I think, are in that same boat, and a lot of the guys utilizing the manuals and the Fords haven't looked at that yet. Now, see, in our class in TTPA 2.5, you bringing up the Ford situation like that, Nick Ostentoski did a good job of that 6.4 this year. Um, oh, absolutely, no doubt. Matt's getting his 6.0 around. He's doing a really good job. The only stick shift Ford is Joel Gerard there and he that truck is he's bringing that truck around it's it's really impressive and you know it's he's not one you know all three of them guys are not one to turn your back on but that that one that Joel's Joel's got there he with that stick shift like that it's I think he's got something going on there he's an absolute threat and I've said that from point one when I saw him debut it up in ugly as I'm going for a guy who has no history in pulling other than sitting on a aluminum bleacher, watching a vehicle go down a track, he has been very impressive with it. And another thing that impresses me with Joel is, yeah, he might not listen to his fellow competitors, but I've, you know, I've been able to talk to him. Hey, listen, you know, try this, try that, and he's very receptive into wanting to learn it. And I think that's part of the reason why I like the Gerard so much is they aren't just out there assuming stuff. And we're seeing that a lot with the younger generation who has not been involved. I'll throw this out here. In the tractor side or in even a gas truck application where things are different and the class has been established for a while where now it does come down to drivability in the class. And Joel's another one I told him. You're a threat out there with what you're running. Your three disc clutch, whatever you're running, two disc, whatever. I go looking to do on a slipper setup. Be able to pedal that truck out there a little bit and actually get a load on the chassis. And that's the biggest problem the Ford guys are running into is they can't get enough nose weight on them to plant them front tires. And so that's a truck I would really like to walk it out a little bit more before I go one-to-one. I understand, yeah, small tires, it's hard to hook up, but you utilize that weight of the sled to bring a load on. Well, you say about tire size being a limitation, you don't want to know who really drove phenomenal this year is Joe Bader. You could not ask for a better driver with a manual transmission than the 2.5 class this year. He did a phenomenal job driving, <coughs> and that's what took him to the points championship this year, hands down. It's somebody who knows their vehicle yes. and has spent the time learning it. And honestly, with Joe, he's been in the seat of that truck for how many years now? Yes. And, you know, at the banquet, I made the comment, you know, he's been the bridesmaid for so many years, and now he's finally the bride. 
I couldn't be happier to see what he did in 2-5 coming down out of the 3-0 class. But, oh, you know, being that second-place guy for a while, he was able to experiment and try some stuff out. And I think a lot of guys are too worried about, you got to get that win right off the gate. you got to get that win. No, sometimes you just need to sit back, dial your vehicle in, and go out for the next year. You know, you're not... Every vehicle out there, you run LB7. Yep. I could go buy another LB7 crew cab short bed, build it identical to how yours is built. I don't know if I can find all the secondhand parts exactly in the condition <laughs> you have, but it's part of being the hack job. Yep. But that truck is going to react completely different than what yours is. You know, it's part of the par for the course is being able to learn your chassis. You know, when I bought my six farm tractor, I hit a lot of a lot of brush pulls that I don't go to now. And you know, I, I get to the event and I go, "All right. This event, I'm not touching tire pressures. I'm not touching drawbar. I'm not touching gears. This is the gear I'm going in. I'm running my tires at eight and a half pounds. But all I'm going to do is adjust weight." And I, okay, I got it close. Okay, next pull, I'm dealing with tire pressures, you know. Add a little, take a little away. Which is going to vary your weight setup on a tra farm tractor as compared to a truck. But I dialed that chassis in. Now that chassis, I have it to the point from one track to another, I vary 100 pounds. It's a monumental change on that chassis. But I know my tractor and where it should be set. You know, there's a couple tracks out there. Metamora, very sand track. You know what? Where I normally run my weight, you know, X amount on the nose, X amount on the belly. Well, that's coming off. That's all going on the back weight bar because I can't get the bite. Or I go to Gira, another one. That track will screw with your head so bad it isn't even right. And it's caught me. That's another one. Okay, the weight I normally have in the back, that's all going on the nose. Because this pebble clay track is going to bite like a son of a bitch. I've personally never pulled at Gara. Oh, I've been oh. to Gara see the pull. Deckerville's always been my favorite track to go to. I love Deckerville. But Gara, nasty. Gara seems very interesting. Just yeah, it, Deckerville takes the horsepower. Gara takes the chassis. And, you know, that... You know, I... I understand, you know, not being able to hook up the tires. I do understand that. You are on a very small tire. We've said that before. But at the same time, look at the super stock truck guys. They're on a smaller diameter tire. Yeah, they're a Terra tire, so you get a little better bite. But there's still something to how they set up the chassis and how they are able to pilot a truck out. I understand it's a gas truck. Your RPMs are going to react different. But a two five, okay. Why don't we put a tighter housing on the intakes on the exhaust side so I don't lose pressure so quick and start back spinning a turbo where I can pedal it out a little bit, drive that turbo a little harder. Well, that's kind of where you get in your sweet spot for your Cummins, or you get in your sweet spot for your Power Strokes, six seven, six four, six zero, and your Duramax setups. I mean, it's you. Nobody's going to be the same. I mean, everybody's going to have a different combination that thinks it's going to work. Um, 
around the TTPA right now, it's <coughs> really, I mean, turbo-wise, I mean, we all almost have, We actually, we all have the, almost the same size pretty well. Yeah, for the most part there. The, uh, there's some of the guys that are running an uh, 87-millimeter turbine wheel, and then the other guy's got the 96, and that is all right. But that big turbine wheel, you're kind of limited on exhaust housings. They're all for rather large, lar- on the larger side for exhaust housing. So you gotta really get the RPM up to get the flow through it. Where that 87 turbine will take it a little more on the lower side of the RPM band. Which we experimented with a little bit this year. Oh yeah, a little bit. You know, that that's just it. I mean, it's still a fairly new class. You're looking at a class that's been in existence for what, five, six years now? in the pulling world that is still a very green class but in the diesel truck world that's where it's a different story you guys have made many evolutions from where the classes originally started out from and unfortunately rule changes have hurt you guys on what you're able to utilize year in year out and that's as far as we're going to go into rules talk here tonight because you know what, I really don't want to tee off and start calling you guys the idiots you actually are. So but that's where we're not, no, no. Now no. brings a question I had earlier. We got that drop involving a microphone. Yep. Here yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah. Fire that damn well, thing. I have a microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> you realize this is sidetracked. With Armstead and Meyer tonight, with you being a guest, this is still my show, damn it! I get to make that call. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna still try to steal the mic here because I told you earlier I had a tricky question for okay, you. Okay, yes, you did, you did. So, so what's more irritating to you, talking about the two five work stock class, politics, or GMO non GMO seeds here? <laughs> That is even an fair. Point. Here's another. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh, politics, that's not an issue. That really doesn't even phase me anymore because I've gotten to the point where you realize there's a bunch of idiots out there who will never understand what you have to talk about. GMOs are getting to be about the same <laughs> because, you know what, there's idiots out there, and you know what, if they want to spend extra money... You found a special breed of idiot on your Facebook page this week. Yeah. And that guy struck a chord <laughs> that isn't very often struck. Did you see the cocktail I recommended him to Yes, try? yes, I did. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> that was swell. Yep. And um, so now we're down to 2.5 rules versus work stock. Well, in the thumb, it's all the same thing anymore. <sighs> I, I got to say 2.5 annoys me more than work stock right now because you know what? Yes, work stock rules vary place to place, but they haven't been changing the rules every year. The rules have stayed consistent. Yes, I don't agree with the rules, but you are still able to build a truck to those rules and campaign it for a few years before a rule change might happen. And that's where my issue right now is with 2.5 is nobody is able to build a truck and be confident from August to June 
that they will be able to legally run with the setup they had built or set up the year before. So yeah, 2.5 annoys me more right now. And you know what? We're teeing off a rant here, and I don't even care because you know what? Sorry, I people. have to place some of the blame on the boards of the pulling organizations because they are not forcing Preach. these Preach guys it. to hold true to the rules they agreed upon. I'm past the point. I understand. Will you get 100% of the pulling, you know, pullers that are legal to vote want this rule? I get that. I don't care anymore. They've changed the rules every year for the past four freaking years. Are you if not five? Are you mixing politics with two five right now? No, I'm not. I'm talking basic facts, and it kills me because all you hear is guys that. Well, if the rules were set, I would have a vehicle out there. Yeah, you got guys blowing smoke up your ass. That's par for the course. Welcome to pulling. But you know what? I blame the pullers, too. Because instead of keeping your mouth shut, yeah, this guy is finding a gray area and beating your ass with it. Instead of finding the next gray area to make horsepower to beat him. No, you guys whine and bitch and piss and moan and go, well, we're going to make a rule. To say this is illegal and call it a clarification. No, that's a rule change. A clarification, no. You get to wait three years, suck it up, Sally. You should have done a little more research when you built the rules because somebody put more time and effort in. And if you want to hear more about this rant, see last week's rant when I reiterated the same goddamn thing. You're part of the problem. And I'll start naming off names, but I'm not going to go there. The only reason I'm calling you out is because you're sitting here. (laughs) But you've also gone out there and have found ways where you can find horsepower and make it work. You've been around the sport long enough. That's the whole reason I got you on the show is to talk about your family history and pulling because you have covered the gamut in a lot of different classes. But my issue is two-part. The pulling organizations need to say, Shut up, guys. Quit your whining. We're tired of hearing about it. Because you know what? The board members are tired of hearing about diesel trucks. The only reason your class is still... Diesel trucks are still involved with pulling right now is because the fans love it. It isn't because you guys are all great bunch of guys out there pulling. Because you know what? You guys are. I will say, I love my diesel truck pullers. They're a great group of guys. They take very good care of me out there, making sure I know what I need to know to put on the best show I can as an announcer. But when you go to a board meeting and all you talk about is diesel truck this, diesel truck that, this guy's cheating, that guy's cheating, they're sick and tired of it. And if they could drop your asses and afford to be able to do it without losing promoters and losing fans, they would in a heartbeat. And I think this is something the diesel truck world needs to look into. You're pissing people off. How many of the meetings have you been to? At least three or four, and they aren't actual just 2.5 rule meetings. No, they are actual general meetings for thumb that 2.5 diesel truck rules get brought up in again. I quit going to the meetings. You want to know why? I can sit there through the dry meetings with the best of them. Because you know what? You always glean some bit of knowledge. But with this, it's the same damn thing year in, year out with the same damn class. 
I'm tired of it. Shut up and go pulling. <sighs> well, with... <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> I just burned up all my nicotine that was in my system. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I kind of think you might need a break after that. You're uh, a little red in the face. Calm yourself. Yeah, why don't you take us out for a break? You think you can handle that, or do we need to make a rule change? Uh, we <laughs> might have to have a board meeting on that one. No, it's... I got egged into that one, too, and I bit hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> Sorry, people. You swallowed the whole pole. <laughs> really, dude? <laughs> wow. With that, we're going to take a break. This is Sidetracked on Pulling Radio Network. Have you been injured or think you've been injured? Contact the law offices of Dewey, Screwham, and Howe. Auto accident, medical malpractice, slip and fall, dog bite, asbestos. Your boss is a jerk. Nothing worth reading in the paper. Some swamp gas bent the sun's rays and erased your mind. Sit down with our friendly professional staff for a free confidential consultation and cross-examination. Seriously, how can be downright mean? Let the law offices of Dewey, Screwham, and Howe decide who should pay and how much. It could even be you. No, it'll definitely be you. The law offices of Dewey, Screwham, and Howe. Call 888-555-1234 or online at www.sidetrackpulling.com. That's 888-555-1234 or www.sidetrackpulling.com. Dewey, Screwham, and Howe are not officially licensed attorneys and are obnoxious subsidiary of Sidetrack LLC. No guarantees implied, not available in any areas. Lots of restrictions will apply. Celebrity voice impersonated. Paid for by Ricky Bobby for Congress. And we're back on Sidetracked on Pulling Radio Network. Evan Booms, Ryan Walker, Nick Meyer, and of course, Armstead on the mic. Charles, not able to make it in here again this week. So I uh, look forward to having him back as we bring in our callback show again uh, this uh, next week. So make sure you line up your calls and see if you get Armstead to tee off on a rant. <laughs> good job, sir. Probably good. I heard line and sinker. I heard Charles is hard. out. Charles is out today because he's having a rejection from his adedectomy surgery. <laughs> is this true? Yes, it's true. <laughs> this man has no dick. Oh God, that is great. <laughs> here, here, buddy. <laughs> Are them wedges holding good enough to keep them headphones on you? I mean, they'll get us by. I'm a little concerned. They might fall out, and then we're going to have a major equipment malfunction, and the show's just going to deteriorate worse than it already does. So do you have more to go on with, Evan, on uh, my board stroke? I think I know you were talking to me something <laughs> a little bit more on it. Um, more Duramax-specific. Yeah, and this is what intrigued me and really kind of clarified why it hasn't been happening. And uh, more techie stuff other right. than just tire size. Well, a lot of um, the re and your your um, question was specific specified towards the the thumb two five Duramax guys and why they don't do what they do or whatever. Um, uh, the big thing is we it, there's no point in making a, a cylinder bigger if you can't fill it in the first place. You're not gaining anything. You could potentially go backwards. Um, no, as far as boring them out, um, 40 thousandths over is about as much as you want to go. 
Uh, it does help a little bit in the de-shrouding of the valves. Get a little more head flow there. Um, but, you know, it's not, nothing huge. Um, most of the times you're putting slugs in it anyways, you gotta go at least 20 over to get a nice true bore in it. Um, but, but the reality is anything much over 40 over on a competition type engine like that, a lot of block failures, they start to crack around the block. That was my thing, is I was wondering if there's not enough meat in the block or head flow issues, which I think you've mentioned before to me right. when you were talking about this, is just not able to get the necessary material, so to speak, the air into the cylinder to be able to fill a higher volume cylinder. And that, that makes sense to me in that I can understand that. And if you got into a larger class besides the Thumb 25, Thumb 25 is very air-restricted in the turbos that they have um much like a like a pro street pickup is on carburetor or restrictor play on nascar right and that's why you don't see 632 cubic inch motors in the pro street pickup class because you got to run an e50 carburetor it's just wasted space there's so, a couple there's a couple out there yeah but yeah. you know who yeah look they're at, getting there and they're figuring out how to flow it very well lately but look at darren Mazur. he just won the points championship with a 427 um, I mean, you know, that's what the side of the truck says. My my truck's just like it was off the factory, too. Yeah. Well, from the heads down, it is. Yeah, no, Darren, that was Darren's original motor he bought off of Tony Hewitt was a 427. I thought it was a 434. No, that was a 427 originally. Yep. And Real no, it's nowhere near that. Actually, now. I think he had that motor when me and Dad originally came back out with Kermit and ran the Pro Street pickup class. Yeah, probably. It that was about he, four or five years ago. Yeah, that was uh Yeah, that's about what Darren bought that motor. No, it is a completely different motor under the hood now than the four twenty seven that he bought off of Tony. Which is still a damn good running motor and really ran yes. well for him. Consistent. But th- that's just it, you know, we're pulling consistency. And I said this at the awards banquet, consistency is what will make you. And a lot of guys just by running consistent were in good points contention this year because they were able to be there on top of their game week in and week out. Well, Kind of how you were saying about how we're restricting airflow and then kind of brought the 2.5 in with the Pro Street. I, we really experimented that when we brought the old my dad's old super stock truck back out for Pro Street pickup class. We were 468 cubic inches, 830 CFM, running against big cube motors, okay? Them guys had a hard time getting up out of the hole, just like you said earlier, that torque, that... It, they had a hard time getting everything moving, hooked to the track. Me, with a smaller motor, I could get the thing up, going, ground speed up. I didn't quite have the torque, the oomph at the end, but I had the ground speed up a lot quicker. 60 foot, just like we were talking about drag racing earlier. That, and, you know, that's really key. You're, you're 60 foot. You're, actually, your first 10 foot's going to be key on your hook, and it's... You know, I don't. You don't need the biggest of the best. You know what I mean. As long as your setup jives, I think you're. You know, you can make something work. You know, Charles and I have used the term one to one with the clutch for as long as I've been working with them, and most people don't understand what that is. And it's literally when your foot is completely off that pedal, 
and everything is hooked up and putting direct drive. You're no longer utilizing the slippage through the clutch to help pedal something out or feather, you know, feather it out to get it hooked. You're looking at the first 50 to 75 foot. You're going to be completely off that pedal and letting everything just go to work. And that's just it. You know, your 60 time. That first 75 foot will make or break a pass. Yeah, you might run into a hole or something along the way. And that's a lot of times just driver error or just how the track is pulling you. And you're not able to compensate for that. But that everybody likes sitting at the finish line at a pole to watch. And the more I've gotten involved with the sport, the more I want to be within that 75-foot range right off the line, right by the boat. Because that's where you will see a pass be made or broke, is whether or not they can get that chassis hooked up. And with Pro Street Pickups, now we're referring to them. This year, and I had talked about this at the awards banquet, and everything I said at the awards banquet was sincerely true about everybody. That was my class this year. Every year I find a class that absolutely intrigues me. And Pro Street was it this year because, you know, we used to see guys having to be in and out of the throttle two to three times during a pass trying to keep hook up, take the bounce out. This year we never saw it. People were going to, whether getting away from the button or the lever style clutch, going to a slipper style, whatever they were utilizing, dialing in their chassis and they were able to walk a full floating suspension foot throttle truck off the line and down the track without having to pedal in and out. And that is what truly impressed me this year was the driving ability of the pullers, whether it was just how they set up their truck or they evolved that much in the off season was extremely impressive this year. It's it's a, yeah, it's very impressive class. We ran it that one year. Actually, we didn't even run a full season. We bumped up to Superstock halfway through the year. And uh, Pro Street Pickups, I have to give you credit. That takes a lot of setup to get one of them down with free-floating suspension in the back. That's pretty impressive. It's Them guys got some pretty hefty motors. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're talking five, big fours, 500-plus cubic-inch motors that are putting out gobs of torque. RPMs are starting to get up there in a big block world and still using a factory driveline. They are not allowed a Dropbox reverser. They're not allowed to put the parts that will take the abuse more. They've got to be able to make it work, and they made it work this year, and it worked out so amazing. You know, the only puller who really seemed to have problems with chassis hop was Victor Goot with the Bodacious Ford. And Victor just... Everything he did this year, he couldn't get anything right. And it got to the point where at the end of the run, he was just shoving in a clutch to try to save the drive shaft because he kept popping drive shafts. And he tried shorter drive shafts and still ran into that issue. You know, there's there's a lot to be said on what went on with Pro Street pickups this year. And I am absolutely impressed with every puller out there. Yes. And probably one of the best fields of competition put out there this year. Too. I agree. I tell you what, for a first-time truck out this year, Andrew, that Andrew's been out before with that pickup. Yes, has he? Okay. Yes, new, new mo, new motor, late, uh, twenty fifteen, but first full season on that motor. 
for Andrew Van Pamel. Okay, I did not know that he had that pickleball prior, but he came out very competitive this year. He did a very good job, actually. This, You know, the, what really impressed me the most this year was that pickup down in Armada. He ran against the diesel pickups yeah, and took a second place out of... Was there almost 20 pickups in the diesel yeah. truck class? Underweight. 2,200. 1, pounds underweight. Was it? was it? Okay, I thought it was almost 2,000 pounds. It could be. I mean, he was weighing in, I think, 65 is what he got to. Yeah. And that, they run $8,000, so 1,500 pounds. Yeah, that's impressive. He had he laid down. Actually, I think that was one of his best passes of the year this year was at Armada. And There's a guy who absolutely loves competition for what it is, just to go out there and have fun. He goes, I don't care. And you know what? He shows up, and we joke about it, his gasoline-injected diesel, because he makes the jump up there. He does a trans swap to get in that class. He does run a different transmission due to the heavier boat. But it to be able to have those type of cojones, Smith Crick, he came in late. He is running around trying to drum up diesel guys to go up against. Because he goes, I just want to go pulling. Yep. That's what makes pulling fun right there. That's the mindset I've been trying to beat into people is, you know what? You don't have to be the biggest. You don't have to have the best as long as you go out and have some fun. Because, you know what? If you want to bitch and whine, go out to the golf course. You can bitch about how you didn't shoot a 76 or whatever. I never got golf. I don't make enough money to do golf. It's a very nice walk in the park ruined by a little white ball. I like that. Every once in a while, Meyer gets to be inspirational. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it had a computer thing for that. <laughs> no, no, that was all original. I'm slightly impressed. Slightly. Yeah, I'll blow it soon enough. Yep, that's story of your life. We're not going to even get into that today. <laughs> This is a guy who's come along a long way at pulling because when I first met him, he knew nothing about it. And actually, this past year, you've gotten way more in depth than I ever thought a geek would be able to. Yeah, some reason our clock isn't running. Oh boy, the help is cheap. Damn engineer. <laughs> but no, what we want to bring you on for? I mean, Evan, you got more to talk about with the displacement stuff, and well, yeah, and the other thing, you know, it. The, the the problem with uh, the diesel trucks and mostly the Duramax, the head flow is shit. It's terrible. It's just atrocious. And with the two, Thumb 2.5, we're not allowed aftermarket recasts, even though maybe there are some or something. I would rather have a Duramax head than a 6.0 Power Stroke. Have you ever seen one of them? Oh, dear God. I'm sorry, Matt. I had to bring that up. That's Matt's biggest thing, and he's talked to me before about, well, I got to get some head work done. I got to get some head work done. You're better off buying a cinder block <laughs> and besot, putting valves in it and doing things like that. It's just horrible, horrible design for them to try to build horsepower out of. And Lord knows we've heard enough about 6.0 heads. <laughs> so... uh with that, we're going to move on. The whole reason we brought you on, Ryan, was to pick on you for your height. Welcome to your own roast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of getting used to it around the pulling here. 
Yep. It's <laughs> yeah, actually you guys added one tonight. <laughs> I think. Well, he had to be here. <laughs> He's moral support. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Anytime. But no, you know what, Ryan? I wanted to bring you on because you know what? You have done quite the gamut with pulling. You've got a history in pulling that I think a lot of people don't realize. And uh, why don't you get into that where your family started out with the sport of truck and tractor pulling? Well, long before I was around, um, dad decided to just up and buy a pickup that was sitting in the fence row and start playing around with it. And uh, grandpa was kind of already involved in the tractor pulling world with the farm stock stuff. And, and uh, long story short, dad bought the truck, started pulling the street class and built a nice little small block. And this was 82, 83-ish right around there. And uh, as his time, three or four years in, he got to know Roland Shout with uh, Red Ripper. And uh, matter of fact, Dad and him, they're still really good buddies today. They used to actually go around to polls together all the time. And then um, who else? Terry Kuchar and John Dynan with the Agitator, I think it was. I think, I think that's what the truck was called back then. Yeah. Yep, they used to, Dad used to run against them guys because Dad went from the street legal class up to the super stock and then uh, ran against him. Um, I think the Browns were involved with super stock around the thumb, if I remember right. They might have been modified. But uh, anyway, Terry Kuchar, John Dynan, I, Rob, Rob Forey's, Tim Forey's, them boys started coming around that, that time also. Then... Um, Got dad pulled for oh golly, I think 90, 91. And then uh, grandpa was always involved, helped pulling blazers, pickups, tractors was his big guru. He he liked his farm stock tractors. And golly, he was pulling back in the 70s on up through. He that was he liked it. He there's one time a year them tractors came off the farm and they were polished right up, painted up, and that was his pride and joy is going up to the North Branch truck and tractor pull. And, that, that was his glory. He, he loved it. He's got a whole shelf full of trophies, and uh, he still loves to this day. He doesn't get off the farm much, but he, he'll come off the farm to come watch me truck pull, and he enjoys listening to you and Charles announce and stuff like that, and he just loves the environment. It's my whole family, my cousins, the ones at Snowmobile Race, they've been involved with the truck pulling world, and uh, my a matter of fact, my other uncle, he was involved with truck pulling for four or five years back in the 80s and stuff, too. But a big one with me growing up, I got pictures. The truck is actually still around also, along with my dad's. The one I think it's called is the High Roller, the one that the Gambler uh, the gambler boys have, the Gladwin boys up there. Yep, uh, Van Blarkham's High Roller, now yep. uh, Pro Mod four-wheel drive. Yep. Um, Chucky Beetle used to own that right out of North Branch, right around from... Um, Dad and him, they Chucky built that, and him and I think I think Roland partaked in that too. They it wouldn't surprise me. There's very few vehicles from the Clifford Silverwood door. Yep, Roland hasn't had his hand in the motor. Yep, and uh, you know they they used to go around. I mean, big stadium pulls back then, and I got pictures of me and car seats sitting on top of the blow, you know, on, right on top of the blower motor or the fuel injection. You know, that's. It, Back at the Pontiac Silverdome days, and it's 
carrying on from there, dad took a little bit of a break. We still, thank God he never sold his truck because I got that out right when I graduated five years ago. And, uh, yeah. Youngin'. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, thank God he never got rid of it. Um, he told me he would never get back into pulling again until he was probably retired. And I kind of took forth and getting the pickup back out. Man, he was like a little kid again. You couldn't believe it. And uh, we parked the truck. I got I started working in the oil field out of state and wasn't around enough to maintain a season with it. And long behold, got in the diesel world now and met this kid named Evan Booms over here beside me. A couple other gurus in the diesel world and thumb. And I always thought the diesel trucks were pretty cool. People who say you can't drive the two five pickups on the street, I still use mine for hauling cattle. And uh, yeah, so that's I that's why I made the jump to diesel. I can utilize my pickup a little bit more than just being a trailer queen. And my dad, he can kind kind of care less about the diesel motor type deal. I probably should listen to him a little bit more on chassis setup. I have learned a lot from him, but I'll, he'll probably forget more than I'll ever learn. And I I will give that old guy credit. He he does know how to set up a truck and. Mark's a hoot too. When when uh, Saturday morning before Ubly, after we did all nighter to put the heads back on the hack job before it's called hack job for the first <laughs> time out this year, he we fired it up and he's looking and he says, uh, "Where do I rejet it?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he told me he told me and Evan, you guys tune the motor and he'll do the chassis setup and. You know, I we just didn't never really had enough time to for him to just do his thing. But I'm telling you, this winter he's gonna have his hands in on that chassis setup, and I'm kind of looking forward to next year. See, that's the difference for between you and me is I've talked about my history on here before, and my history of pulling comes from in front of the Pink Elephant Bar, which you will get to see here Saturday. I'm really looking forward to you coming down. I mean, you know, we've gone up to Silverwood that I know I got to get up drinking with you up at North Branch. The old BNG. Everybody should come out. Best primary round. Ooh, you <laughs> got my attention. But uh, that's where my pulling started was my grandfather getting drunk at the bar and hooking ass to ass on tractor with a chain. We had a red tractor's neighbor had green. And the drunken debauchery took over. I wonder where I get it from. Yes, it, it is genetic. But... My dad never really got into it more than being a spectator. And it wasn't till do the math, 2001 when I started pulling, when a guy who was buying hay from us by the name of Jim Nolan mentioned they were starting this antique club and they had, you know, we're starting out that we should get some tractors out and come play. I had a farm all A, my brother had a farm all H, and we put wheelie bars on it and made hitches and... You know, no kill switches at that point. They were never big enough. I mean, you never made it out of first gear anyways. And uh, that's where I got started. But my dad was never anything more than the casual spectator until us kids got involved. And you know what? My dad can't set up a chassis for the life of him. That's that's where I come in, and it it pisses him off. Is I, I can nail my chassis setup just because I put the time and effort in learning that because I... I'm a staunch believer that chassis setup 
and track reading abilities will do you better than a high horsepower motor. It's yes. been proven for many years. Even the Banner Brothers said, you know, I believe it was their quote, you know, I, a that, good driver on a mediocre tractor can win, but a mediocre driver on a good tractor will never really amount to much. And that I've taken that with me for years. And I've been the, I'll toot my own horn, the good driver on a mediocre tractor, and I've made it pay off. Has it bit me in the ass? Absolutely. Lord knows more times than not, I've come behind. But when I'm on my game, I, I'm tough to beat. And I've proven that running both my parent, both my tractor and my dad's tractor, which I piloted for six, seven years. But I, with him, he was always telling me how to do everything, whereas mine, I've got to do it myself. Yeah. Well, see, Evan, Evan heard it firsthand too. My dad always gets on my ass about you need to quit talking and be, you know, being friends with some everybody right now at the moment. You need to pay attention to the track. Pay attention to the track, and he he might be sitting up in the stands once in a great while, but he was sitting up in the stands at Ubley, and he called me right before we were getting ready to go out. He told me right where to line up, and the whole shot was actually phenomenal. He picked a very good spot for just sitting up there in the bleachers, and I thought I was studying it pretty good down there, and and me beast. A driver air, I just drove it in a soft spot at the end of the track. And uh, I mean, first time out last season, I mean, that was, I couldn't complain. It was a good pass. But the the biggest thing is um, <laughs> trying to learn this torque converter lockup, unlock. It, you know, it's a whole new story for his end, too. And him coming up with ideas, me coming up with ideas, it's, I'm really anxious for next season. It's going to be really interesting. And you know what? With that torque converter lockup there, Andrew, as well as I, got a real good handle on that. Um, Andrew's tractor's got a TA. I got an Alice Chalmers. It's got power director. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. It could have been uh, first time, you know, winner's luck or whatever, or beginner's luck. When I took Ryan's truck out at Burville, I mean, I hit the lockup switch right when I needed to, maybe a touch early, but... I knew right exactly when to unlock it because I knew from driving my D17 for so many years, I know right where I want to, you know, drop to low range on the tractor. And, you know, I just waited for the right time. It felt right. And then I hit the button, you know, that coming into it from no previous experience, it's harder. Like with the tractors going three mile an hour, you got a little more grace room of when you got to hit the TA or downshift. But it's but slower. that grace period's still only about fifteen foot. Oh yeah, at the most. That's being but generous. That's being, yeah, slower. that's generous. But you know, it, it burnt me locking the converter up too soon and unlocking just a tad early at Goodles this year. I could have knocked Joe off the horn for his first loss or of the you year. Could have just kept your first run. Yeah, I probably could have too. <laughs> but, I mean that the the my second pass at Goodles there it could have you know it wasn't a wasn't a bad run but it just driver error I'm just still learning the truck you know it's just we haven't even really found out a true setup on that yet we changed <laughs> so much stuff to the season that it just you know I, I'm really anxious for next year and that's something Evan you brought up with the converter unlock and lock and 
you know, I've got I got yelled at all the time by John Griggs. We all know Johnny. We miss, I miss him dearly because that guy gave me hell every time I pulled that TA. But that's something I look at the diesel trucks and the converter unlock. I watched Matt Helmer do this. Watched Rocky. I've watched Kevin. I've watched Tony do it. That sled is right on them already. They're down to almost nothing. And they unlock the torque converter. Well, all you did was just bust the tires loose. You did not gain anything. You actually need to be unlocking that converter a lot earlier down the run. You got to anticipate it. Yeah. You've got to feel when that ground. It's just like a TA or a power director or a hydraul over under. You've got to feel when your ground speed gets down low enough to be able to unlock it and let that downshift help you out. And that's something, you know, to come along with. And I doubt anybody else listens to the show, so this might work out to your advantage. I'd unlock a little bit earlier than, oh, yeah, I'm almost stopped. Better press the button. Well, see, that's where there's a happy medium there because my better pass at Goodles is when she was just about underneath the charger at the end of the track, and that's when I unlocked. And You carried a half mile an hour better ground speed at that hook, though, too. True. Yep. But track then again, my, my, well, yeah, I, that's where the four and a half foot came from. <laughs> Goodles, take your first run every time. Yep. Lesson learned. Trust me. I've pulled that track. That was the first track I ever pulled on. Really? That track is good for one good pass. It's normally the first pass of the class. There are guys who will get around later in the class. But if you turn down your first run, very, very rarely will you improve on it. Because that track even put together excellent falls apart quick that's damn near anywhere though you turn on that first hook i bet you it's only seven you know 25 percent of the time you'll actually come ahead and that's might be even a little bit a little bit generous i think you were gonna say 17 percent well, i was I gonna say pretty close right i was trying 17. to say a 75 percent <laughs> failure rate and then i it changed it around but yeah no it's it's very rare will you come around and do better your second hook unless if the first hook was good and there was nothing wrong with it, coming back, you're not most likely not going to do any better. If you screwed up the first hook, well, then you got room to improve. But, but yeah, back to the pulling history, though. I mean, I, me and Dad, we get in the dumbest little arguments when it comes to truck pulling. And uh, I have my opinions that I think is going to work because, you know, you, you listen to everybody. You just, like everybody else, you just kind of, Keep your eyes open and ears ears open to to see if little things that might work for you and and uh, I can't lie that that stubborn guy I called dad and I think he's kind of he's onto something here. I'm I'm really anxious to see what's gonna bring. And that's the thing, you know, me and Ryan we're we're engine guys, you know, we're gear, you know, that's all. I, oh, that's all I think about all day is engines, but you know, Andrew kind of understands why that is. Um. But nonetheless, though, that's why we got to rely on that old dude to let us know. And at the end of the day, you know, he's got that trump card going, hey, kid, I've won championships at this. I kind of know what I'm doing. Yeah, he, he, he's he got the, the barns lined with trophies all over the place from old Kermit. That's still sitting in our barn. So when's Kermit coming back out? We will see. He got a big enough trailer. 
Yeah, big, plenty big enough for that <laughs> truck to go on too. <laughs> well, that, that, there, there's something in the works. Just put it that way. I heard he's waiting on pistons. I just gotta find Only out somebody. Find a I know, I know. It's just so miserable to find good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> We're not gonna name drop the name or the company because no. you know what? He's got to do some work. Yeah. Yep. 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 He wants us to survive this. Gotta, gotta come watch. Apparently, I gotta <laughs> send an email to somebody over there to to a sales rep or something. Any other coworkers you could deal? With? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's you know, and it's really crazy if you sit back and think. Um, back in the day, around the Clifford North Branch Silverwood area, up by Marlette, how many big name pullers have really came up around that way? Scott Phillips. I mean, look at him. Robbie Foster coming up out of um, just north of Carroll there, was it? Um, Fairgrove. Fairgrove. You know, and, and uh, I mean, Roland, he, Roland's out there. He Roland's still a big name on, you know. Man, I would love, name. love, you know, nothing against the guys that are in the Super Stock class right now. All them guys run great. It'll be really interesting to see the Red Ripper come back out again. I would love it. There were a lot of trucks that came out of that. That area, basically, we'll call M, Emily City to North Branch, Mayville, you know, that no, oh, whole Marlette area. Harold just, Martin's another one. I forgot to bring up his name. He He's another guy that it just would be nice to see him back out and running. He's a tough competitor. I'm trying to think of the name of the truck. Uh, was it the Red Ripper? I'm drawing a blank. Who, Harold's? No. Was it? He came out, what was it, two, three years ago and put made a couple passes with it. Lives just north of, what is it, what's the town just south of North Branch there, little bump stop, Kings? Kings Mill? Yeah, Kings Mill, just north of Kings Mill, right on Lake Pleasant Road. It's not Grandpa's Last Dollar, is it? No, Red Truck, it might have been the Red Ripper. The Old Red. Old lives Red. On the, yeah, old, that's that's Harold Martin. Yeah, they brought that one out, what was it? That's two years Three, ago. Two years ago. Because his boy, Bra- Brandon was, Martin. He, yeah. Yep. It was still a competitive truck. Yes. And it has sat in that trailer for yes. how long? Yes. I mean, they probably had to replace the tires on the trailer to yep. go to the pole. You know, and word around the street, I've heard, you know, three trucks in the Superstock class sitting up in Marlette right now. <coughs> Ready for next year. Well, I do. Well, we do know, of course, uh, Wisniewski's did buy a second truck. That's not common knowledge. Um, and, of course, uh, Papa's Toy going to the Forest family. Clan. Yep. So, what's the third one? Another one around the Wisniewski's clan, as far as I've heard. Um, one of their workers, I, is, I if I heard right. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's gonna I didn't be know gr- if it was, what is it, Mass Confusion or whatever. I think that's the truck they bought. Well, that's one they sold. I can't think of the guy's name who bought it. He's from down Fowlerville area. Okay. And that was actually their second chassis they sold. And uh, why can't I think of the guy's name right now? I don't know. There's two more guys that's going to be really interesting to see if they ever come back out. Ty Burns. You yeah. have to give that guy credit. He... When that truck ran, I mean, the, the the pass he had at Ubley, he was going up the dirt pile when that motor let loose. I, He was going to win that pole that night, 
hands down. I'll, I mean, I'll put my whole bank account on it. He had a heck of a pass going that night. And I've never seen a valve go up through the header like that so fast. And I I feel bad for Ty, but, man, he he's going to be a good guy to, to see come out again if he ever does. Then Jim Jimmy Bailey up in Gladwin. He's another guy that was out in the Superstock world. Yeah, well, we saw Jim a few times this year yep, come out. Yep. He's still out running. And uh, good to see him out more yes, this year. Yes, um, He made the trip up to uh, Petoskey to run. Okay, I think he was at El- Elkton this year, correct? He was at Elkton. Uh, really good to see Jim out running. Still a tough running forward. Yep. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yep, it's just a shame that he lives so far away. <laughs> well, you know, even the Gladwin boys Gladwin were really, boys. really hurting. You know, Van Blarkums was down. The Gamblers down. You know. And the Van Blarkums, I understand. They've got a pro-mod four-wheel drive. They're trying to yep. campaign. Hard to begrudge them trying to run NTPA schedule. But the Superstock class was a massive class. I mean, there's one sitting for sale in Yale still. Yep. <laughs> and I don't know what the full story is going on there as far as father-son, but it'd be nice to see... Maybe Adam get in the seat. Yeah. We've seen the truck for sale for how long on pull-off and places like that. Yeah. But it'd be nice to see the Tarzol machine back out and running. Definitely, yeah. I Well, they've, they've sold their Superstock truck. That's right. All they have is a the pro, pro right The now. Pro Street, yes. Yes, in which I think that's the Black Widow, they call it, right? Oh. Whatever it is, that is a great running truck. There's no reason why. I mean, there's a reason why he's got them points champion stickers all down his windshield. Oh, absolutely. No doubt. And I guess I didn't realize the super stock truck actually had sold. Yep. Yep. All I know is it was forever. Well, I know Mike was going to borrow my hitch up there at Sandusky when we ran the double track that night. He was going to try to get in the dirt in the diesel world. He wanted to pull his Duramax that night. Come on, Mike. Yep. Mud bogs ain't where it's all at. No, no. It's a lot cleaner on the pulling track sometimes. It'll he'll come around. It's just a matter of time. I think there's some very well. I'm not going to get into that. I've I've touched on enough touchy subjects. So with that, we're winding down. Meyer, you got anything for tonight? No, I'm good. Really? Yeah. You're ready for bed, aren't you? I am. You're just happy about what you saw last night, aren't you? Middle of the night, woke up one o'clock. That was this morning, wasn't it? It's great to be America again. It's Booms, you got anything? Uh, no, I think I'm all right. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Okay, cool. I got a plug that I'd throw out, but you know, you won't let me. Not yet. You got to get that filled out. <laughs> Walker? I am very anxious to see what t- next year is going to bring. It's going to be a fun year. What do you think about your first time on Sidetracked? Um... I got to get used to it, just put it that way. A little nervous at first, but I had a lot of fun tonight. You got to remember, nobody actually listens to this show, so it's not Pro- that big of a deal. Probably not. Everybody's probably, probably thinking, what's There's no what's money that? in the bank account, so there are no checks going on yeah, this week. They're, so. they're, everyone's probably thinking, what's that short asshole doing on that show anyway? <laughs> <laughs> well, Ryan, so, take us out. Well, I got nothing for you, but thanks to all the rest of my uh, deplorables being on with me here today. Uh, Woo-woo. Yep. Yep. We're just uneducated. 
Yep. And uh, rural Americans yep. that don't go to school and don't know nothing. Yep. So with that, why don't you take us out? Um, this is Walker. Oh, come on now. He's doing it right. This is Meyer. This is Armstead. You don't know what to do? Good night. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. Get out my trailer. I want you out.